Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. everybody this is and now for something completely machinima my name is ricky grove we're looking at tracy harwood and damian valentine joining us today we're going to be talking a little bit about machinima news and technology news that's related to machinima i'm happy to be here to discuss it with you tracy uh, what do you have for us oh wow well i've got a bunch of stuff to talk about i've got cool. um I've got some new tools. Uh, I want to just sort of touch on the Disney things that we've been talking about. Awesome. Um, some AI stuff and a copyright item again. Excellent. Uh, so should, shall I carry straight on? Do you want me to carry straight on? Please go right into it. Cool. All right. Well, I saw a bunch of um, really interesting tool releases, and I think Damien's going to talk about one of these as well, that I that I thought might be interesting to machinima creators. Um, firstly, I picked up that iClone has released um, a clumsy moves pack. Um, well, I look forward to seeing more comedy in new films using this kind of tool set. In due course. I love that. Yeah. It's such a smart thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh, I, 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 can't, I can't wait to see what Phil makes of it, actually. Um, I love that kind of sort of humor really um yeah 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 but maybe i should use it to make a s the empire blooper reel oh what a yes. great idea what a great, great idea, idea. Yeah. yeah well that to me was a was um that looked amazing so i'll share the link to that uh it's 70 bucks um and i guess the more you get into these movement packs the more it all starts starts to add up but i thought that one it does pretty... pile up but uh you know they're, they're it's high quality that's one thing um, I spent a lot of time talking to the people that run the company and they're very much invested in quality. They don't release stuff that's junk. So when you buy something, it's really going to work. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, uh, that's one. And then I saw, so you remember, um, a few weeks back, uh, we talked about, um, some big, fight scenes where we were commenting on the quality of the crowd animation. Well, I've seen a couple of crowd simulation tool sets. Um, and I think these are quite kind of quite interesting, actually. Um, I think, I think, um, Damien, you're going to talk about one of these. So why don't you go ahead and talk about the iClone one, then I'll tell you about the other one. Okay. So it seems to be a tradition that the day after we record, Reillusion announce some big update for iCloud. And yeah. so this is what happened. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to get some a new features. Yes, right. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's it, iCloud's had for a while this crowd simulation technology built into it, and it's been pretty good. But they've released a massive update to it, which completely overhauls the uh, crowd simulation. So you can, instead of just having uh, characters that will move around um, in certain areas, this gives you a lot more control about what mm. kind of, what are they actually doing in the areas you've done. So um, right. 
I've not had a chance to try it out yet, but I'm a big excited because if you want to do a big battle, maybe you can have some battle animations that have loads of characters just fighting without having to animate each one. That'd be really good. Sure, sure. But there's also um, the way that you can choose which characters are generated for, for your crowds as well. You've got a lot more control over that. So um, obviously, if you're making a fantasy or historic film, you don't want people walking around in jeans and T-shirts because uh, that would look very wrong. Um, so this crowd tool gives you those kind of options and it looks very impressive and I'm kind of looking forward to using this myself on some of the yeah. crowd scenes because it's going to make it a lot easier to have lots of characters and it's also designed so that if you've got lots of characters on the screen you think that's going to really slow down your system they've done something to help make that a little bit easier and I don't fully understand how that works uh, but you know, this is it's necessary because we're using our home computers uh, right. for this stuff. And so uh, if you want to make a film with lots of characters walking around the background, but then it slows to a crawl and you can't actually complete anything, that's that's not really helpful. So whatever they've right. done, it, it's, it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I, need, I really need to give it a try so I can talk about it a little bit more in depth. Report back to us once you have a little bit more... Um sense of what it actually does yeah. i'd love to hear love to hear info on that yeah and it's a free update as well so you don't have to excellent so you don't have to go and buy an extra plugin because a lot of the iclone stuff you do have to pay for the plugin but this is free with iclone which yeah. you know, that, that's always a good thing um so yeah i'll have to come back maybe next month and give a proper review on uh what exactly it can do because they did there's a video that you can watch where they demonstrate how it all works and it looks very impressive. And so if you're listening to this, go and check out that video because it will give you an idea of what this can do. Yeah, great. I'll put a link to that on our show notes. The other one that I saw, I don't know if you saw this one as well, um, a guy called Kenneth McLean is working on something for Unreal Engine 5 called Megahumans uh, as a plugin. I don't think it's ready yet, but none, nonetheless, he's kind of put a little um, work in progress video out there where he's sort of, uh, using it to, to um, test and generate crowds as well. So I'm guessing it's something along a similar line um, to the iClone, iClone 8, as I understand it, um, tool set that you're talking about. Um, then the other thing that I saw this um, this month, um, it'd be fair to say, we I don't think we've seen a lot of VR-based machinima. I know we sort of said in, the, mm. in our um, original... Uh, description of the show that we we will sort of smatter it with a bit of VR, but we haven't seen a lot of VR machinima. Um, uh, I can actually only think of a of a, of a couple by um, Jay Selena actually um, that we've we've reviewed. However, what I did see this this month was a release of a of a free new mod by Prey Dog for Unreal Engine, which actually might change that. And this is a mod that will enable a vast number of games, as I understand it, over eleven thousand games. Um, mm. To be played in VR, and by association, I'm extending that to include making machinima um, within those game environments as well. So, of course. I'll share a link on that, and we'll look forward to seeing more VR uh, machinima in, in in due course. Um, the mod itself is um, it's 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 only available on on GitHub, so I'll um, I'll put a link to the GitHub uh, link as well, so you can see if you can have a a go with it with any of the, the little games that you've got that are based on Unreal. The other thing that I, I picked I, up on, go on, sorry. 
Can I do a quick uh, little news item that yeah, so we can break it up a little bit? I just wanted to announce that uh, uh, in mid-January, not too long ago, Screen Actors Guild announced that they had uh, come up with an agreement with a uh, Replica Studios, which is an AI voice technology companies. It allows SAG-AFTRA members, mostly voice performers, to work with Replica to create digital replicas of their voices. Oh, wow. Now, um, I'm. they had talked about this, SAG, when they came up with their AI agreement with the studios. So it was interesting. This must have been in the works, and they just delayed the announcement. Now... I'm really glad that they're jumping in on this because voice replicas can be something that can be abused pretty easily. But not all the SAG members are really happy about the deal. Um, there's a lot of concern about whether it's a smart thing to do and also what exactly, what sort of remuneration are they going to get and how is it going to be monitored? You know, to give you an example, a voice actor is hired by a company through Replica to use their voice. Now, rather than hire them to come in and do the full performance for a game, which might take two or three days, they hire them to do an hour or two of voicing in order to get a sense of what their voice is like, add it to their database, and their AI creates the performances for the game. So they're concerned about, well, then how do, how do, do does the actor know if their voice is going to be used in another product, but it's been changed, the tone or the pitch or whatever has been changed to do something else? How is that going to be monitored? So there was a lot of confusion and a little bit of upset about that. However, I think overall it's a good approach because the actors are going to be remunerated. Um, SAG after said they're going to be responsive if actors find out violations of the contract. Uh, so I think in general it's a good thing, but it's still a little bit touching, touch and go on that. Mm. Um, and I think that technology is ripe for abuse, uh, replica and and you know actors' images or actors. I, I remember, God, it was way, way back in the 90, early 90s when computers were just starting out, I had this thought, well, shit, if I was somebody like Marlon Brando or some famous actor at the time, you know, why doesn't a company just call me into their place? I work for a week. They photograph every conceivable facial expression, all of the movements for anything, including action, romance, whatever, and my voice, and then they just use that to make performances from, and then they pay me for those performances. Heaven knows I was fantasizing, but here now we're looking at that very possibility today. Yeah. So it's a strange frontier. It is, but you know what? I don't it's know the what's only way. Happen. Well, it's the only way you're going to scale <laughs> you as individuals, as actors. So you are really mm -hmm. now being turned into proper commodities, much more so than you were as people. Oh, that's great. That's a great, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, well, there's yeah. Way, different ways of looking at that, I think, but it's the only way you're going to be scaled or you're, you as an asset are, are going to be scaled. The, uh, 
Indiana Jones film that was released last summer, um, Dial of Destiny, it has a sort of 15 to 20 minute sequence set uh, during the Second World War with the young Harrison Ford. Uh, I say young. Yeah. How he was in the original um, Indiana Jones films because they've got, Lucasfilm have got so much archive footage of him as Indiana Jones and it has Han Solo in Star Wars that they were able to digitally create a younger face. So he was there performing the scenes and then they changed his face digitally right, using all right. this archive footage. And they did something to his voice as well to make him sound younger. Um, and it, it sort of sounds kind of similar to that. But obviously he gave permission to do that because he wants to be in this new Indiana Jones film and that's the only right. way to do it because mm -hmm. he can't be um, his younger self anymore. Um, I've seen lots of de-aging technology used and it usually looks very fake. Yeah. Unless they actually put makeup on the characters to make them look younger, any sort of digital de-aging, it doesn't look right. Uh, but somehow, because they did use all this archive footage rather than just a straight image of his face, it worked. And there was a couple of places where you could tell that it wasn't quite right. But for the most part, you'd think this was something they filmed Right. years ago and just right. kept in storage to use now um yeah but you know this is again it's something could be abused quite easily like you were saying ricky that um you know when he's gone they could in theory exactly got footage and do something sure. else technology has always been interesting and innovation comes out and then you've got two sides. You've got the side that's going to use it for creative and positive reasons, even for profit. And then you've got the other side of crooks and sleazebags who are just going to take that and turn it into something that they can steal more from people. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to tell somebody, you get a telephone call from somebody that you know, and they say, hey, I'm in trouble. Send me money. Yes, and you send money, and you realize it was a AI voice fake. Yeah, you know all kinds of strange technology. So there's a it's a two hit, two bladed, two sided equation. But I think, in for the most part, this is an interesting way to do it. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how the future develops. Well, I think in this. we're going to. I think because over here and over there, it's both election years. We're going to see a lot of AI fake stuff being used to by both sides against the for other. sure for sure so i think that's going to help yeah um sort of figure out what's going to be done about this from a legal perspective because obviously yeah that's going to be massively abused um and that's how it you know the counter it is to it's funny how once a congressman is caught up in a sleazy deal and is screwed over suddenly it becomes an important congressional issue yeah <laughs> <laughs> not not when everyday people get screwed yeah. over it's only when it hits them you know? yeah anyway yeah. i just thought i'd share that news with you for because i thought it was interesting it's yeah, fascinating yeah. it is fascinating and an unfolding picture as you say so um we, we've talked a lot about that on and um, over previous episodes as well and it's it's a, a complete moving feast i think on how AI is changing what what we do and what the implications yeah, of are. Really? Yeah, massive, massive. I actually got some AI issues as well. But I just wanted to sort of, um, well, in fact, you know, I picked up on the back of the release of Steamboat Willie 
Mickey Mouse IP by Disney uh, right. this this, uh, this last couple of weeks. Um, you you must have seen this these these teasers for this upcoming horror movie. Oh yeah, uh, which looks the trailer's uh, great. It's amazing, trailer's great. It? What's two the title of it again? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. There's I don't two know. of them. I can't remember the names of them either. But two of them were revealed the day that it came out of copyright. Yeah, one is oh, already yeah. made, and the other one's going to be made. That's the first. Yes. Well, did you also see though the horror game? Not not a film. This is a game, and I do know the name of this because I did have a better look at this one. This was called Infestation, and originally it was called I think Infestation eighty eight or eighty nine or something, and now they've changed it to Infestation Origins, and that's a game that's going to be released later this year, and it's also a horror game. Just fascinating. And yeah. so, you know, I was expecting, because that this all unfolded from the 1st of January, I was thinking, right, let's let's keep a little bit of a rolling thing going on our on our information board, see what we see, uh, you know, if anybody creates anything kind of interesting over the coming, coming weeks that we can kind of talk about. And I've not seen a single thing that's worth talking about, except um, just this morning, I saw this really interesting AI-generated short that seems to confirm Mickey's transmogrification into a horror character. It's a total bit of fun, but it's really uh, worth um, having a look at. So I'll put Fantastic. a link on the on the, uh, the show notes so you can kind of have a look at that as well. So a right. little AI-generated short. Brilliant. By the, little... by the way, the uh, Princeton Law Review puts out every year in January, something called the Public Domain Review, in which they list all of the things that have come into public domain, including all the films, all of the uh, music, novels, and things like that. It's a fascinating read. I'll uh, give uh, Tracy a link so you can put it in the show notes. Great. That's really great. Yeah. Then the other thing that I saw related to AI, I don't know if you saw this as well, Frida Parks, who is um, quite a well-known Second Life creator, has released this really helpful video in which she shows us how to enhance machinima with stable diffusion and comfy, comfy, comfy UI, I think it's called. Um, the, the basically kind of free tools. She's um, showing us these two different methods that she's can kind of um, kind of com combining in this workflow that she's got, which also uses Blender. One of the techniques um, she's using is is what you call inter interpolating, which is where new uh, frames are inserted between existing frames in order to in to increase the frame rate um, up to say four K. Um, so she's inserting new frames, and the other one is where for each of the frames, what she's doing is enhancing the resolution of of the image uh, image itself, and then putting it back into the workflow. So that process. Uh, results in um, a scaled up um, higher frame rate um, animation, which is, I don't know if that's the way Phil did it. If Phil was here today, I was going to ask him how he did it for the old machinimas in the Machiniplex um, Vimeo channel. I'm guessing it's something very similar, right. although maybe not because I, you know, these tools are, are changing kind of really rapidly. Um, but I certainly share the video with you so that you can see how she's done it uh, and what the result is. It's Exciting. noticeably different. That's great. So, you know, anything that you kind of pull out of a game that's really low, um, uh, you know, frame rates, um, you can do something about that. Really um, good. With, with AI, which is brilliant. 
And then on matters related to AI, I was also very interested to note that Valve's Steam store has finally made a decision about the use of AI-generated content in the games that it lists, which I don't know if you recall, these were held back for months um, because they'd got some kind of AI-generated content within them. Um, so on the 10th of January, it announced that after spending time considering what was going on in the world of AI, talking to also to game developers and exploring how it can handle games that have got AI content in them, it's decided that it's going to accept them, primarily most, most of them, as I understand it. There is actually a process to go through. So um, you will have to, as a, as a game dev, you will have to declare how AI is being used, whether it's, say, in the generation of the of the assets in the game or in the real-time game processes, say, as um, NPC-type characters or right. whatever, whatever the generative process is in the game, um, which, I'm, you know, I'm sure we, this isn't kind of a, a novel thing, to be honest. Um, but alongside it, and I think this is kind of getting to what you were talking about there, Ricky, is also a complaint mechanism because it's not just about you know, people saying, yeah, it's got it in. No, it's not got it in. It's also emergent issues to do with the, the use of AI that they're trying to keep tabs on. So they've also got this complaint mechanism in place whereby players can kind of report any of the inappropriate uses that they identify. Well, so I've been following this, having, mm -hmm. a, uh, having a look at it. And obviously, as one would expect, there are a heap of people naysaying it um, on the community forum. Um but I think most of these guys haven't really thought about this too much because, you know, AI has been used in games for years to animate and interact with NPCs. So it's not a new thing at all. Not not in the way that we've understood it. Um, so to me, this was kind of an obvious way to deal with the, with the fallout from AI is stealing my copyright mantra, which we've seen mm -hmm. such a lot of in in recent months with with artists and it's a different thing i think in the game space um i also saw on this a few comments um along the lines of surely this is going to lead to a plethora of subpar games being released well i think you could argue that but it, mm. i think it was certainly the argument made Might by the, be the reverse well, that's my guess. My, my guess. Do you remember when the AAAs, um, when platforms like Steam were released, um, they were up in arms because, you know, they were they were basically not happy about the potential competition. And, in, and sure enough, you know, thousands of indie games have been released and it has massively fragmented the market. Um, but, you know, there's I think fundamentally there's been a major shift in the games industry as a consequence of all these games being um uh launched now there's there's yes hundreds yes. of thousands of creatives and games developers involved i'm not sure actually how many of them make it financially viable as studios but there's certainly a lot more of them uh, about now than there were 15 years ago and sure. the sector as a whole has a critical mass um and is recognized as one of the most important creative industries in the world now so I'm guessing, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this new tool set, these new yeah. AI generative tool sets that are being integrated into the, the development of um, games making and games playing processes. I think this is going to be the next step. In, the, in I agree. 
that's a that's a very good point. The AI has been a part of games for a long time. I think the focus will be on what content is being used by AI, what what data is being used by AI in games, in different games. And I think the complaint part of it is a great way to go about it. Um, it because if you're somebody who has content, you've created content, you have it, and suddenly you see it in a game and you don't know anything about it, you should be able to bring it up and take care of it that way. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't know how many times I have said this, the legal system is woefully behind trying to give us guidance on this. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's going to come some judgments and then appeals, and then there's going to be a final judgment and it's going to be laid out. So for Eventually. now, it's going to be Wild West. People, you're going to break into camps, people who say, hey, there, any AI is stealing from me or stealing from my friends or or we should have none of that or databases should be this way. Uh, I think Adobe is an interesting example of somebody who's trying to address the database issue fairly successfully by 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 limiting the kinds of things that are actually part of the AI visual database, you know. Although they're not a hundred percent successful, they're way up in the nineties in terms of their success rate as far as getting non-copyrighted material that they're drawing data from to use AI. So again, it's gonna be really I think we're gonna be reporting on this issue all year. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I've got one more bit of AI related news and then another. Oh bit my god. To... Yeah. Well, on this whip is a, a I... Yeah. I <laughs> A new tool being um, teased by Google, and this one's called Video Poet, and it turns prompts, text prompts, into animations without the interim stage of an image, of, a, of an image, and a separate tool like Runway to animate it. So it's kind of conflating the process, if you like. Fascinating, um, indeed. And there's a really neat example of its capabilities, focusing on this kind of a traveling raccoon. Um, which I'll share a link to. So have a look Me. at that, because I think that's going to be another very interesting tool. Cool. Damien, do you have some news for us? Um, well, I kind of covered the crowd thing. Um, well, the thing I read actually this morning, it was um, it was on the PC Gamer website. And there was, yeah, it's PC Gamer. And they were talking about... Um, it's a survey that goes around to game developers and every year they ask which platforms are developers most interested in developing for and pc games are currently at 62 percent uh so they've got more focus uh than any of the actual video game consoles so i think the next one down was playstation 5 which is 30 something percent interest um and then it just goes down from there. Um, and PC games has been interested in developing PC games has increased a lot since 2020. And a lot of it is, uh, Tracy, you were just talking about all these independent games. It's because independent games studios, it's a lot easier to develop PC games than it is for consoles because you can just, yeah. yes. you can make it and you can put it up on Steam or any yes. of the other <clears throat> online sales right. um, companies. Uh, you don't have to worry about any of the other processes through it. Whereas if you want to release on uh, Xbox or PlayStation, you have to 
submit it to be approved and it has to go through this rigmarole of being tested and make sure it's uh, all this other stuff that goes with it. It's a very complicated process. And every time you want to release an update, you have to, the update itself has to go through all of that as well, which is why, wow. um, um, uh, this example, a few days ago, Starfield had a major update and it's just a beta update and they're going to release the full thing, um, in a couple of weeks, but it's only available on PC because it's so much easier to push it out to the PC. Yeah. Fans. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's great because a lot of machinery is done on PC. So yes. if game developers mm -hmm. are going to put more focus into developing PC games, that's more potential machinery platforms that people can use to, to create films with. Yeah, well, yep. I, like I said, I look forward to seeing more indie game content. Um, me too. Me too. Is, um, I've got some, you know me, I'm an Elden Ring fanatic. I've got some Elden Ring news for you. Cool. The uh, Convergence mod, which is one of the most successful mods for Elden Ring or for any game, uh, it's just got a fa fanatic following. They just released an update 1.4, which was a significant update. It added new game, it, it expanded new gameplay areas to the vanilla game, uh, original vanilla game. It added a bunch of new NPCs and new weapons and new play styles. It tweaked and adjusted things based on people's uh, feedback and everything. And the um, if you're interested in playing the game, the Convergence Mod YouTube channel has a guide for each of the new classes uh, that had been laid out, and it was just, just fascinating. And people were responding to the uh, 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 media creator, creators who do uh, YouTube videos. We covered that a little bit last month uh, for Elden Ring has been covering, have been covering this very well. And it's very professional, very interesting. The updates are fantastic. Uh, they've increased and elongated the gameplay. They've balanced things so it's not too easy. It's not too hard. That's one of the things I really like about the Convergence mod because the original Elden Ring vanilla game was very hard, uh, especially for new players getting into it. You just hit a wall in terms of being able to do things and play things. And the fun factor just plummets. <laughs> mm. Because as soon as you get frustrated because you can't do something or you get killed over and over, you just start going, well, I don't want to play this game. It's too hard. Um, yeah. The Convergence mod still maintains their the level of difficulty, but they give you many more ways to get around that. So it simplifies things and makes it a bit easier and I would urge anybody who wants to start uh, playing Elden Ring is to get this Convergence mod. It's free. It's downloadable. The insta installation is a snap on PC. That's what I use. Uh, I I, by the way, I bought a dedicated laptop for that, and it's performing perfectly by Asus. I should send you the um, the specs on that, Tracy, for that laptop, the yes. gaming laptop. Yes. That way we can share it and maybe a picture yeah, I'll do that. That way people could check it out. But anyway, uh, check out the new Convergence Mod Update 1.4. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. And play it, because you'll love it. Brilliant. I've got one final thing, and it's a bit of a biggie. Don't tell me it's AI, because I'm leaving no, if you do. <laughs> no, it's not AI. It's a bit more serious. All right. A little bit more serious. Very last thing I wanted to tell you to, um, today. I picked up that a Minecrafter, 
that I spotted uh, on YouTube uh, has said he was he's being sued. Um, I had to check it out, and it turns out that he's used a brand name with a recreated building in a digital twin of a city that he and over a thousand others have been working on for more than seven, six, for more than six years, nearly seven years, um, which is apparently endorsed by the, the the game. And in fact, this digital city that they've built in Minecraft is recognised by the Guinness World Records as the biggest sim ever created in Minecraft to date. The brand is suing him uh, for what appears to be a trademark infringement, asking that their name be removed from the sim and also to delete the page relating to the sim from the internet. Uh, and the organisation has filed a copyright strike to his YouTube channel as well. Now, the creator contested the strike, um, which YouTube removed. Um, but now the organisation <clears throat> has issued a court order against this uh, creator. And if he fails to turn up in court, he's being threatened with six months in jail. Um, the tuber is at pains to state that the channel where they promote the project does not make money and never has. Um, and I think this is quite an interesting one um, for a number of reasons. It's yeah. really hard to see what this brand actually has to gain from this process that it's, it, that it's going through. Um, I would have thought anyone would would want to have their brand represented in in such an amazing um, digital project. Frankly, it's um, it's a transformative use of the brand, which is actually not related um, to their business operations at all. They're an insurance company. I'm not actually going to even credit them with mentioning what their name is um, on our show here. Um, but I do think the creators behind the sim are maybe missing a trick in the way that they're responding to this whole threat. Now, of course, they're pissed off, and I can fully appreciate they're also frightened by the legal threats as well. And it's very much um, a David and Goliath situation where the, um, the one thing uh, I think that they have at their advantage, though, is, is or to their advantage, is the, is the creative skills that they've got. Uh, and frankly, that's how I would deal with it. I would be creative with how they uh, respond to this. Mm. Um I think this is going to go to I, well. I think it is. I think it will go to court. I think. Um, I think the young man who's trying to deal with this uh, is standing his ground. Um, he's fairly well known on YouTube. I'll put a link to the video where he explains what's going okay. on. Okay. Um, I hope he gets legal representation because I think he deserves it. Um, because I think this process is incredibly heavy-handed. Um, and I actually think the outcome of it will have quite serious implications, perhaps not for creatives, but for city councils and numerous others who are developing digital twin models. Now, I know this one's been done in Minecraft, but there are lots of folks experimenting with a whole heap of technologies right. to create visually mm. rich digital twins with uh, using the IP of a breadth of stakeholders um, for which they do not have explicit permission to use that IP, that trademark in the representation in the digital twin. Um, so I'm very interested to see how this one ends up. It's I think it's a pretty serious issue. I, I, my gut feeling, I don't think the, the company will win this one if it gets to court. Um, which is obviously what the 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 you know the young creator does too. However, um, 
I think the very fact that it's going to, if it gets all that way, I think the very fact that it that it could get all that way, we really need to be watching this one like a hawk because of the implications for okay. a whole host of other stuff that's related to it. So I'm yeah, fascinated I'm, by this one. I'm sorry to hear that and make sure you keep us updated on yeah. what's yeah. going on with it because it just, it, it seems to me to be an example of, they may be justified in their complaint, but the way they handle it is so it's so mean spirited as if somehow they they think these game related people are just fools and they're just going to crush them because they're so powerful you know i just think so silly so much easier to contact them and say hey this is a violation um either remove the content or send us x amount of money you know, to work with them to try to try to solve the problem, as opposed to these bastards. We're gonna we're gonna make a lesson out of them and just crush them. That's just terrible, terrible yeah. way to do it. If it does go to court, I hope they get a judge who's understanding of that. I think it, it you know, it's a transformative use. It isn't intended to be an insurance offer at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ricky. It's a massive overreach. If they didn't want their brands to be using it, so you just send an email saying, can you just please remove our name from the city? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can put a makeup name or something. Solves there. the problem, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's going to damage their brand as well because people are going to think, well, they massively overreacted to something that was completely harmless. I get, I understand some copyright claims uh, very of course. justified. But this and this reaction to it is just way over the top. For something they're a that... bunch of bullies, is what yeah. they are. Yes, exactly, bullies, yeah. corporate bullies. And what are they going to do when um, they look at the Google Street View? Because obviously, that yes, same exactly, is going to be visible in it. Are they going to go to Google as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, they won't do that because they know they'll get punched in the face if they try to do that. But a bunch of gaming kids, who cares? We'll we'll teach them a lesson. It's the it's a kind of thing where kids cross an uh, 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 an elderly guy's yard and he takes a shotgun and fires at him. You know, mm. it's like, dude, just put a sign out there that says, "Don't do that." Yeah, you know. It's just way over. I, well, that's bad news, and you're ending the thing on a sour I'm sorry. note. Thanks I'm a sorry. lot. Yeah, I'm really sorry. It's a that's okay. Think, uh, yeah. All right. I'm sorry to lower the tone. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, well, thank let's you. look forward to next episode. Right. Yep. we got another episode coming next week. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to you guys about the the news. I could basically talk with you about anything and it would be fun, but mm -hmm. this was great. Check our show notes at completelymachinima.com. And also we'd like to hear from you. What do you think of some of this news and things that we're reporting on? Um, talk at completelymachinima.com. We'll definitely try to get a message to Phil so he can come in and chat with us. Phil, wherever you are, we love you. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I don't think he'll hear you. He's he's oh, in Ontario. Well. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks a lot, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.